0: Every week, we talk to dozens of SaaS founders and operators about the inner workings of growing a business, from the day-to-day minutiae, to inspiration, to the tough decisions, and the mistakes made along the way. You're listening to the SaaS Open Mic Podcast. My name is Olivia Jarvis. Head over to chartmogul.com for more content like this and easy access to your SaaS metrics in just a few clicks. That's chartmogul.com. My guest this week is John Thornton. John is the founder and CEO of Black Propeller, an industry-leading PPC agency that has helped over 1,000 businesses grow through digital advertising since 2012. John and I chat all things mogul and running his agency like a SaaS business. Enjoy my interview with John Thornton. All right, John, thank you so much for joining me today. Let's start with a brief introduction. Do you mind telling me who you are and where you are?
1: Yes, I am John Thornton. I am the CEO and founder of Black Propeller. Uh, we're a digital advertising agency, and we are based in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, or just outside of it.
0: Oh, nice. Our director of sales and marketing will be stoked to hear that. She's also from Baltimore. She once told Hello? me that people from Baltimore call themselves Baltimoreans. I laughed out loud. Is that true?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, I think it depends on where exactly in Baltimore, but yes, that is a thing.
0: I was so appalled. I was like, that's horrible.
1: Yeah, Yeah. but it's an endearing thing, actually. I think we take pride in it, in a way. There
0: you go. Well, I'm a Trontonian, so I always laugh at the different ways that people call themselves. All right, Uh, so you're coming to us from Baltimore. Nice. Okay. You're not our standard guest. Um, I'll be very honest. The majority of people that come on the podcast run a SaaS company or a software agency of some description, um, or a software company, rather. You, on the other hand, run... An agency. Can you tell us a bit about Black Propeller and the service that you provide?
1: Sure. Yeah. And so we're not your standard agency. So I think it's a good fit in that way. So we are a uh, an agency focused really strictly on digital advertising. So you know we really aim to be experts in that narrow niche of digital marketing. Um, So you know paid search, paid social advertising. That's that's really our wheelhouse. And, you know, this is a company that I started like a lot of great businesses, I think, in, in my basement. And that was, I don't know, nine years ago now, which in, I think in digital agency years, that's a lifetime. Um, so we've been around quite some time. Um, it was just me and not we for for a while. I think five, the first five years, um, I actually ended up getting my first office with no employees just for, you know, for an excuse to get out of the house. And then that that office had two offices, not just one. And I didn't want to waste the other space, so I eventually hired someone. But um, mm-hmm. but here we are, you know, several years later and much bigger and better than ever. And um, yeah, that's where we are now.
0: Amazing. Who are your customers?
1: You know, we really, we don't have a, a niche vertical that we work in. I would say it's a pretty even split between, you know, B2B and B2C businesses. Um, and and a really a, a pretty even split between lead generation and e-commerce so we have you know clients that run the gamut from you know SaaS businesses to b2b technology to um you know home services um, all firms you name it very cool Well,
0: um, you and I have a a bit of a professional history here. You uh, came through a trial of Chart Mogul earlier this year. And like I do most people that I sell to, I looked up your business and tried to get a sense of what you did and quickly realized that you were an agency, a social agency. So in this kind of initial research moment, I went back into a, a previous part of my brain where I used to sell to creative agencies and had this thought where initially I thought maybe you had come to us misunderstanding our service. And then the second thought I had was maybe not. Maybe you have a desire to run your agency, much like a software business, given that agencies run on these retainer-based models. Is this an accurate reason you came in the door? What brought you to us? Tell us a little bit about that story.
1: Yeah. So, well, I guess if you, if you zoom all the way out, you know, secretly I've always wanted a SaaS business. So, or subscription business. And, um, you know, that was always in the back of my mind while I had this agency. And then, you know, one day I realized I actually do, do have one, you know, that given the nature of an agency and monthly retainers, you know, it it is a subscription business for all intents and purposes. So yeah, so that, you know, the journey that kind of led us really to to chart mogul is that, you know, we wanted to refine billing and get into more of that, you know, true, like subscription SaaS type model of billing. Um, so we started, you know, manually, of course, first, and then, semi-automated using spreadsheets and you know a hodgepodge of of different things you know stripe and spreadsheets and quickbooks and all this stuff Um, and it was a mess and you know i got it to the point where it was 80 percent automated and i was okay with that for a long time and then um, as we grew and that just became you know wieldy it was you know difficult to keep up with so I i went back to the well and kind of looked for a new solution and uh, you know that's where i kind of really discovered um recurly and i know that's not what we're here to talk about but that's kind of what led me to um to chart mogul so you know we started doing research into different billing solutions found recurly loved it but you know the one big pain point for me to make this leap was losing historical data of you know all our billing so when we moved into a new you know platform like recurly you know it would start fresh from you know, what's within one one platform, one piece of software. You know, go from that point forward it was gonna be Recurly, and then we would have our legacy data separately. So in order for me to like take that leap and push me over the edge, I was like, we gotta find a way to connect these two. And that's when while we were trialing actually recurly, I went and looked for, you know, a way to do that. And that's how I came across, you know, chart bubble So, you know, we found a way to in one place tie our new billing and our old billing and have a, a picture of our entire company from day one, really, to now. And so that's that's kind of how we, we came to, to Trump Mobile.
0: It's a very poignant story. A lot of people come to me and say, I have all this historical data that I either am going to lose or I, I can't make use of right now because we've recently switched systems. And more times than not, it comes from the fact that that historical piece was perhaps not necessarily refined yet. Maybe there wasn't a rhythm to it In your case, perhaps it wasn't subscription oriented or wasn't recurring oriented. And then when you move to Recurly, you have this recurring nature to it. So you and I worked together to bring in that historical data. You ended up doing a lot of that work yourself, which was fantastic. And then naturally, upon connecting Recurly, getting the historical data connected to the Recurly data, your your chart started to kind of come to life. Was there an, an initial kind of aha realization when you looked at the data from a high level or did it start to come as you started to dig into these metrics?
1: You know, so, you know, at first, like, like I said, it was really about getting it all in one place. And so didn't even know all the value that we were about to uncover with, with looking at these metrics. So I think at first it was just overwhelming, like, wow, okay, now we have such a refined view of the business. Where do we even start to look? You know, so metrics like, you know, MRR and and churn rate and things like that were familiar to me already, you know, so that, you know, nothing eye popping there, but great to have it in one place to see. But um, I think you know a, a couple of the the first you know realizations. One, you know, on a positive note, I think you know our churn was even better than I expected. You know, so the churn rate even lower than I expected. Um, you know, I knew we had a really good customer retention, but you know, just to kind of see it spelled out over time and how consistent consistently low it was 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 really nice. And then, but I think you know on the other side of things, a really you know, aha kind of moment um, that's really kind of changed our approach going forward is um, you know the average revenue per account um, that we've had, you know, and lifetime value of accounts. Um, you know, despite the, the the good retention rate, you know, we realized you know we were undercharging in a lot of a lot of places, and so that opened up a whole can of worms. Just kind of seeing that.
0: Amazing. When you and I chatted about this previously, we talked about the fact that you kind of overhauled things from top of funnel right through down to your average sales price, right? Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about what you guys did in terms of bringing in additional data, tagging lead sources, kind of enriching your data to make it more full from, um, from an analyst perspective.
1: Yeah. So yeah, the biggest, you know, move we've made in that, in that regard is probably bringing or, or tagging lead source. And so again, you know, we really had an idea, you know, looking at analytics and, and other software um, of where our leads were coming from and had an idea looking at a CRM, you know, where what was closing and the lead source But like to get all that in one place with one, you know Number, you know and put it in black and white um, Was was kind of was huge. So, you know, we were able to uncover what are the profitable, you know uh, channels for, for generating new business for us, you know, what's not so profitable, where do we need to put more money and 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 really that's this has been in like the last six months and it's been the biggest six months that we've ever had, you know, for a variety of factors, but this, you know, can't be ignored. The fact that we know now, even with more confidence, where to invest in growth um, is huge.
0: Amazing. The agency piece, again, this is me putting my old hat on when I used to sell to creative agencies, profitability is massive, like understanding that you are, you know, not spending more than you are bringing in is a very recurring theme in the agency model. You mentioned that you had changed some internal processes to start time tracking and looking at time spent on accounts versus what they were perhaps paying you. Can you tell me a little bit about how you've used this metric alongside the data in ChartMogul?
1: Yeah, Sure. So, yeah, another step in our journey of, of moving from assumption to, you know, to fact and to, to real data. So, you know, as, as marketers, you know, we we know that we're supposed to do that, that we're not supposed to make assumptions and look at data. But, you know, sometimes running a business, I'm a marketer first and a, and a, you know, a businessman second, I guess. So, you know, <laughs> I didn't always that didn't hold true when, when analyzing the business. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, we made the assumption that certain accounts were more profitable than others. And, you know, the uh, assumptions on how much time we were putting into things and and certain accounts and, you know, but we wanted to uncover the truth. So we, yeah, we invested in some time tracking software and now we, we track the time on all of our, you know, clients and and all of our work and billable versus non-billable type hours and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it really, you know, uncovered some trends that again, changed, you know, how we price the kind of clients that we um, decide to partner with and, and, and all the above.
0: These are fundamental business decisions. And you've said that the last six months have been really, really profitable. Do you think that that's all kind of coinciding with these insights that you're gaining? Perhaps you're selling to different people or you're selling at a different price. Is that what you're describing with this growth that you've experienced?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's kind of spelled out in the fact that, you know, for the first, you know, I know we're talking about a short window of time, but initially, in you know, the first few months, you know that we started to really take off. It, it, our customer base didn't grow very much. It was a little bit of churn, and that churn was replaced with, you know, cl- clients that are better fit for us, um, you know, on our new pricing structure. So we were able to let, basically keep the same size, you know, client base, but revenue increased significantly. And then once we kind of had that figured out, of course, we've been growing, you know, our team, and, and we had you know the resources to take on new clients. Then we took on new clients added to the customer base, but added the kind of clients that, you know, we know we need to work with to be profitable. And then that's, you know, kind of set it ablaze.
0: Amazing. I'm curious, and this is totally coming from a place of curiosity. When I speak to founders or, or people that are kind of looking at their business all the time, are there views in ChartMogul that you're looking at regularly? You mentioned lifetime value and average revenue per account, but are you coming into ChartMogul and looking at one thing consistently? Or is it a combination of things?
1: Yeah. So, the, the one thing that, you know, so we, we come in and look at the dashboard, of course, which, you know, kind of organized to, to show, you know, the most important metrics, this MRR, you know, MRR movement, right. you know, stuff like that. You know, so we're going to come in and look at that at a glance. But really, the where I want to go and, and look at trends and, and really kind of drill into on a regular basis, at, almost every time we bring on a new client to see how it impacted the bottom line is to go in and look at, um, again, the, the the lead source um, reports to find out, like, what's our trend look like, you know, revenue by lead source. And that's what's fascinating to me right now. I can't really get past that. And then I love emojis, so I... I
0: uh, Good I, to I, know. Plug that to product.
1: Right. Well, I can't help but, like, you know, under the, um, you know, customer section, you have those kind of, like, pre- you know, pre-built reports or views and, or lists, I guess they're called. And mm-hmm. so um, that have the emojis and I'm like, well, that looks cool. What's a, you know, it's got a whale. Okay. Those are our large customers. So I'm like, you know, I'm looking at that stuff too, but.
0: Nice. Just for, um, I mean, other people will listen to this and say, how did you get your lead source data in? That doesn't naturally come from your recurly, right? Because that's a top of funnel metric. How are you sending that to chart
1: well, currently, um, we're putting it in manually. Um, every time, you know, we sign a new client, they come from recurly into chart mogul. You know, we have a field in our custom attributes in the, in the customer record where we just go in and, and select the lead source. And we know that lead source based on, you know, our tracking and, um, CRM and all that stuff. Now, maybe you can tell me a better way. Maybe, maybe we can automate that too. I don't know. But, um, but, you know, that's, it's not an issue for us to do it manually. It's not like we're in a super high volume. So. We do, you know, regularly. I can teach you a trick or two with Zapier after the fact. But that's oh, we love Zapier, so yeah, great.
0: We'll have a chat about it. <laughs> so. It sounds like you've really learned a lot, yeah. And It sounds like you have implemented some new processes that have obviously added some more dollars to your bottom line, which is really, really awesome. Is there anything else that you've changed in your business since gaining access to this information that you wouldn't have maybe done otherwise? Um,
1: you know, I don't know. One thing that we haven't changed yet that that you know, I think is the next step for us is to look at. You know, account manager performance and and retention and all of those metrics that we've always wanted to look at and have done so in spreadsheets, but now I think like being able to go in and add a a custom attribute for um, you know for account manager, you know, which is a you know big thing in our business, um, is is going to be huge. I think um, we're kind of figuring out best practices to do that, and also I have plans for things like. You know, if when we lose clients, um, you know, tracking the reasons why in here, another thing we do with spreadsheets, you know, so cancellation reasons and um, things like that. Those are the plans for the future.
0: Yeah, this is one of my favorite conversations to have with customers when they're starting to think through their goals for the year. I usually say to them, you know, what are your massive aspirations for the calendar year. And if somebody says we're looking to tackle churn, I always bring up the conversation of attributes on top of that. Why are people canceling? Okay, maybe that will help you get a handle on it. I can totally help you with that also, which is very, very interesting. I'm I'm curious if you're um, willing to share a little bit about this because this is something that software companies do very often. As soon as they get access to their metrics, the first thing they think is, can I or should I change my pricing? Have you done anything in terms of your best practices around pricing based off of the data modeling?
1: Yeah, so we immediately or quickly knew that we needed to change pricing before ever tracking time. Um, had a hunch, then saw what you know we saw in terms of you know the customers, the clients that were churning, and how quickly you know the lifetime value of the clients. Once we got into Chartmogul, we we had that information. Then once we you know started tracking time, we had a better idea. Well, how much do we need to change our pricing? And so that that was kind of the journey there. And you know, in a nutshell, I mean, basically what we learned were that our smaller clients, you know, that were our lower you know retainer clients, were actually the most labor intensive and the ones that you know we had the least you know tenure with. So. And, and, you know, there are various reasons for that, but maybe just because, you know, we weren't the right fit for them as an agency and vice versa, you know, at the time. So that was eye opening and, and we have you know made some changes in that and pricing, changing pricing kind of takes care of that to a degree as well. You know, so. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, I'm really happy to speak to you. I mean, I think that every day we get new trials coming in and I'm always looking for different areas or industries That we can assist with these metrics that perhaps haven't thought about it before. After I looked at agencies, I also looked at publishing, like there are all these different avenues. there. companies are really starting to take this recurring revenue approach. So I think there's going to be a lot of people that will gain a lot from this conversation. Would you like to plug Black Propeller at all a bit? Do you want to tell us about um, how people can get in touch with you or how they can learn more about
1: your services? Hey, why not? Um, I'm a marketer. I'll go ahead and market myself. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, Black BlackRepeller.com blackpropeller.com is our website. Um, you can find us pretty much anywhere and everywhere, I hope, because that's what we do is create our own presence on the internet, just like we do with... Aircom. Market yourself. You're everywhere. Yeah. No matter where you go. And then once you go to go to our site, you're going to regret that because it will follow you everywhere too. But um, no, I'm kidding. But, but yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're always looking for great partnerships, you know, we love, uh, you know, I imagine, you know, a lot of the audience here would probably be, you know, SaaS businesses and your, your customers. Um, we we love working with SaaS businesses. Like I said, you know, I, I've always coveted them and wanted one myself. So I, I love any opportunity to work with them. We, we have a lot of success in that, you know, industry as well. So, um, yeah. That's, Fantastic. Yeah.
0: All Well, we'll send people your way. Thank you so much for your insights today, John. Much appreciated. Yeah, thank you. If you enjoyed this week's episode of the SaaS Open Mic Podcast, leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Again, head over to chartmogul.com to try ChartMogul today.